1: Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for.
2: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, It's Nolan here. And Joe. Joe, I'm also here. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we're doing something a little different. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you might have noticed that this is an older episode being rerun. You are correct. And that is because we are still shooting high-low, even though uh, high-low season two has begun airing. We have still not finished shooting it. Uh, In a few days, James and I are heading out on the uh, finale trip for season two of High Low. Like I said, we're going to be filming. So in the meantime, we're going to run two of our favorite episodes, Smoky Eunuch parts one and two. Yeah.
1: And, and if you've been listening for a long time, you're going to notice uh, something else. I'm not on this episode because I was not born yet. <laughs> um, James and Nolan gave birth to me, uh, you know, shortly after this episode was aired. That's right. That's
2: right. We so, were like, we need a co-host. Let's make a baby together. <laughs> we and- need
1: someone to laugh like a jack <laughs> uh, at our mediocre jokes.
2: <laughs> no, man. I know. I, I, I love having you on the show, Joe. Uh, but yeah, this oh, is I, before. I, don't,
1: I didn't mean to turn this into a spotlight on me. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's I, good. I really love this it's episode. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I wish, you know, it sucks that they don't have microphones in Zion National Park. Yeah, otherwise, because you guys are going to be off roading there, and you just d- can't find time to hang out with your old pal Joe and you know shoot <laughs> one of these episodes. So I get it. I'm at, I'm holding down the fort back yeah. here in L.A. Yeah,
2: we'll be uh, in Zion, stopping in Zion. I don't know if you're allowed to off road there too much, uh, but then we'll be on our way to Colorado where the real trails will begin. I'm uh, dude, Hilo has been insane. This has been it's, uh,
1: it. It seems like such, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of FOMO because I've been filming with you guys, but when I look at like the amount of work that you're doing, I'm thankful that <laughs> I'm, it's, uh, you know, in the comfort of my own house. It's
2: insane, dude. It's like, this has been easily the most busy time of my life. I feel like yeah. I've just been at the, the office in the shop, like 24 seven, it feels like. This week at the time of this recording, we're doing a shoot week too. And usually that's mm-hmm. like the most stressful time of the month. Cause I'm like, okay, are these scripts ready? Okay. We're shooting yep. these. I got to make sure I'm like good on camera, blah, blah, blah. But like when shoot week feels like a vacation, <laughs> that's when, you know, that the project is super hard. Um, yeah, it's been wild, bro.
1: Yeah. Just a little like behind the scenes for er- anyone who's like, you should do this. You should do that. Like, Making shows is very intense, takes a very long time. You need the right people. Um Nolan is pouring his heart out for all his fans and he's literally taking a break from filming 24 hours a day to shoot Five Wheelhouse episodes.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's It's so much, man. But it's been We, we need a vacation. We do need a vacation. Um uh, yeah. And to add on top of that, after shooting uh, the finale, I have to drive from Colorado back to Utah to Salt Lake City because uh, I'll be at Bonneville Speed Week. Um, yeah.
1: With your pops.
2: With my dad uh, and our and his, his cousin also has a car. So that'll be cool. Um, but man, it's going to be just the craziest time. I don't know. I don't think that's going to be a vacation. Uh, I'm going to come back very crispy very sunburned, I feel. Anyway,
1: man. Can you can you tell me, so as someone who is not on the show when this episode aired, can you t- give me a little bit, uh, like a little taste of what we can expect from it?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, Smokey Eunuch, if you're unfamiliar, he's NASCAR's uh, greatest cheater, basically. Um, this guy had the craziest life of all time. Uh, we started a bit with this episode, I think, and it was like, I don't even remember what the bit was called, but it was something like Legendary Guys or something like that. (laughs) Um, Which we thought we were going to keep as a rolling bit on the show, but I think it's since dissipated. But yeah, this guy, I believe, grew up in Florida. He also, like, during World War II, he was stationed over in China. uh, China or um, somewhere in that region, maybe Nepal. He was stationed somewhere in Asia and used his cargo plane that, like, he flew... To like do like a under the table cargo service, <laughs> like wow. he took a military, he took government property and ran his own business with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Just this insane. dude is like the ultimate schemer. He yeah, always oh, like yeah. looking at at different ways to get money.
2: You know, like like those like exaggerated like meme accounts that are like making fun of like the hustler mindset. Yeah, where it's like <laughs> scam your mom, get that money. You know, like. <laughs> This guy, like, actually lived that life. Like, he was, yeah, like you said, Joe, just a a hustler. Um, Probably a big nightmare to be around, honestly.
1: Oh, probably a sociopath.
2: Probably one of the worst people that, I mean, I don't want to bespurge his name, but, like, this guy would be, is just a hellion. But, for that reason, that makes him just a legendary guy. And as we'll see in part two, next week, uh, he, he uses his hustling talents to become just an amazing cheater in nascar and just like a a wonderful uh historical figure icon one of our favorite people we've ever covered on the show for sure so that's why we wanted to do it again for you guys that might not have heard it the first time and uh you know this this these episodes couldn't have come at any better time because when we come back we're going to do another episode on cheating in racing um if we included Smokey eunuch in that episode uh it would just be a repeat of what we said in these ones so that's kind of what we're doing this is like a prequel the story we're going to be telling in a couple weeks so please enjoy
1: so without further ado let's jump into smokey eunuch part one let's go
2: warning this episode of past gas is not safe for work or kids i don't recommend that you listen to this episode with your kids
3: It's a spooky episode today (laughs) on Pass Gas. It's spooky season. Actually, when this airs, it'll be after Halloween,
2: Thanksgiving. Yeah.
3: Hey, you are. Hey, so hey, it's a very Thanksgiving episode of Pass Gas podcast today. So grab some of that turkey birdie, (laughs) throw on some Crambo sauce, maybe grab some stuffing and some grave. Sit down, relax. And listen to the story <laughs> of one of the most notorious cheaters ever uh, in motorsports, Smokey Eunuch. This is one of my favorite, favorite subjects love this ever. I wanted to do this guy on Up to Speed yeah. since before Up to Speed.
2: You're going to uh, love this guy.
3: And I'm like so stoked about this guy. I know some of the stories, but we're going to tell uh, a lot more of that. Um, <clears throat> this guy, this guy <laughs> in <f-ing> rules. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, should I just roll into the Let's roll lane? in.
3: fast podcast. It's about cars. It's not about
4: ports.
2: Racing is probably my favorite thing in the world. I love watching it, mm. and I love doing it. I know. But something you realize the more you progress, James, mm-hmm. is that racing isn't all about reaching the finish line before the other guy. What? I mean, that's who you want to beat, but of course, there's a bigger obstacle in your way than that guy. What? That obstacle, James, is called the rule book. Ah, the rule book. Sometimes the fastest drivers aren't the ones with the most skills behind the wheel or the best with the wrench. Sometimes they're the most clever and devious cheaters. Today, we're going to talk about one of the greatest cheaters of all time, Smokey Eunuch.
3: Hi, welcome back to Past Gas. We Whoa. are Donut Media. Well, we are some people who represent Donut Media. I am James Pumphrey. And
2: I'm Nolan Sykes. Thank you so much for listening to another wonderful episode of our show. I love doing this. Oh,
3: sorry. What was uh,
2: that? I don't know. That was a noise. Uh, yeah, I love doing this podcast. Um, again, everyone, thank you so much who's uh, reached out to us and given us nice reviews. I was just reading through a few of them, and I feel so lucky to do this because it's one of my favorite things to do
3: um and we have we had recorded a couple of episodes before they came out Mm -hmm. so it's a huge relief that anybody out there likes them yeah so it looks like we (laughs) get to keep doing them for at least a few more months and hopefully until the day we die totally like i i just
2: want to like keep improving the show and making it something that i that i want to listen to every time because you know i'm very self-critical like I'll listen to some episodes and be like, "Oh, I should have said it differently," and I just want too to be, much
3: too much self criticism. I know, too. I, I know, mean,
2: but I just want it to be. I want to be a good.
3: Show. Yeah, we always want to grow. Yeah,
2: but we so, should also
3: be proud of ourselves.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm you prou- should be I'm, proud of yourself. James, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of Christina back there in the corner. You probably won't hear her very much, but Felipe's in here shooting video. Love this guy, Colby here in the corner. One of the masterminds behind Up to Speed, very creative man. Can't see him or hear him, but. Anyway, I love doing this, so let's just get into it. Uh, This is going to be a two-part series on Smokey Eunuch, the greatest cheater of all time. Uh, You! Yeah, so this episode, um, we're going to talk about his life leading up to racing, because it is insane.
3: This is a two-part episode. Two-parter. Okay, so the first one we're going to cover, how he got here. Yes. Yeah,
2: how he got into racing. His life up into racing. Racing, primarily, is going to be in the next one, Okay. but this is worth... Learning about because he, I mean, you don't just you don't just become the greatest cheer of all time out of nowhere. Yeah, you have to have a backstory. You have to be like it's like the Joker, right? This is the Joker. I haven't seen the movie yet; it just came out. Uh, But
3: this episode is like the Joker, and then the next episode is like Batman. Yes, sick. Yeah. Okay, so James, right there, Smokey broke the rules better than anybody. One time he inflated a basketball inside his oversized fuel tank. So when the marshals inspected the fuel capacity, it looked like it was legal. Then he deflated the ball, giving him that much more fuel. And that is one of the tamer examples. Yeah, Guys, Tame. pay attention. <laughs> but the thing that really made Smokey smoky was his personality. And to really explain his personality, we have to cover his life before the race cars including his time spent in in both the European and Pacific front during World War II, and how that led him to establishing one of the most famous racing shops in America. Join us as we dive deep Mm -hmm. into the early life of Smokey Eunuch in part one of this amazing series (laughs) by Donut Media. Us.
2: (laughs) Us. Us. Our primary source today is The Best Damn Garage in Town, My Life, and Adventures Written by None Other Than the Man Himself, Smokey Eunuch. Uh, Dude even wrote his own autobiography. Um, So cool. Actually, it was mostly his wife, Margie, who typed (laughs) it all up for him. Apparently, um, how I imagine the book was written is that he just sat on his couch and just told stories for hours on end, and his wife just tapped them all That's down amazing.
3: he's like well if someone's gonna tell my story might as well be me yeah but i got these big old meat hooks in <laughs> hand so margie grab the c- computer <laughs>
2: uh it's over 600 pages long oh my god <laughs> and it was all like he it's written in a very like stream of conscious way mm-hmm. so um writing this was a huge pain because it just jumps all over time and space yeah. of Smokey's life. Like, he'll be talking about his childhood, and then next he'll be talking about some woman he was uh, having sex with and then jump to a race and then back to his childhood. It's very complicated because uh, he was a complicated man. Yeah. And, yes, there will be a lot of uh, sexual really? relations. Holy crap. Yeah. This guy's he's cool, man. <laughs> he's cool. Um, the book is out of print. But definitely, if you see it at like a used bookstore or something, like pick it up. There's no other book like it. Um, it feels like you're reading a conversation you had with your crazy grandpa, Smokey. Yeah. Um,
3: <clears throat> it's just crazy that he wrote all this, like dictated all this to his wife. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah. And then there's other chick show yeah. up. <laughs> and she was like, Down yeah. for it, too. Yeah. So I was like, Jump on in. Yeah. We were all soaking wet. <laughs> That's
2: how it happened. Um, Smokey is blunt and to the point uh, In fact the tagline for this book was It's not politically correct Or grammatically correct But then again Neither was Smokey And uh, I mean that's just Exactly how the book is So let's start from the beginning Henry Smokey Eunuch Was born in Neshaminy, Pennsylvania On a 15 acre farm Sometime in the 1920s His mother was a Polish immigrant And his father was an immigrant from the Ukraine. His childhood home didn't have electricity and never received a phone line. It was heated solely by a large coal-burning stove in the basement. When it was cold outside, all the animals on the farm were brought inside around the stove to keep warm. I cannot
3: describe the odor of baked goat and rabbit yet, (laughs) but let's just say it's bad, brother. (laughs) Did you ever have a rabbit
2: growing up? No, I had friends that had them. We had a few rabbits. I don't really think they're great pets. Mm-mm, I could um, never
3: get over the poops. The poops. they the just little, poop little, all the time.
2: Little baby poops, yeah. and that stuff doesn't smell good. That's for sure. Um,
3: not a lot of poop does. No, <laughs> which is something you know. I've been on this. I've been I've been around the sun a few times, mm-hmm. and I got to say, I have yet to find poop that smells good. And you can take that to the bank. You can quote (laughs) me on that, brother. Uh, Smokey was never close with his family, watching and receiving near constant abuse between his mother and father. My mother and father apparently didn't like each other. Their normal weekend was fighting and smashing up furniture. His father was a great believer in beating the hell out of kids to keep them straight. Cool guy. Yeah, sounds cool. He did have a little sister, Irene, but they would not be close until much later in life. We lived under the European attitude of control the kids closely, work the yeah. shit out of them, and train them to take care of the elderly. <laughs> what? <laughs> As Smokely smoothly put it, he and his father weren't really ass yeah. buddies. <laughs> Me and my dad, we ain't ass buddies. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> what in the world could that mean? But he's saying it like it's a positive. Yeah. He's like, like, are we ass buddies? I'll be your ass buddies. I... I, (laughs) Yeah, them, they're just a (laughs) couple of ass
2: buddies. Like, does that mean, like, you're such good friends? Like, I would say Felipe is an ass buddy, because he's my friend, but also sometimes an ass. Oh, (laughs)
3: Felipe definitely is an asshole. But... (laughs) But he's nice about it. Yeah, but, like... I, I, does mean they does that mean the they're shit? such good buddies that they look at each other's yeah. buttholes every once in a does, while? Like, do, does it mean they're such good buddies that they've seen each other? Yeah, just... That's what I think that means. Yeah, like we worked out together. We're changing. And then yeah. like I drop my keys. And yeah. I'm like, oh. And you're we like, hey, on the good news, now we're ass buddies. Looking <laughs> clean. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: I don't know. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I want to be ass buddies with my dad. You know? <laughs> no, I definitely don't want to be ass buddies with my dad. Uh, on their farm, the only way to plow the field was by using a hand plow attached to a horse. Unfortunately, the Unix farm had one of those One of those big Budweiser horses. Named Big Bill. And Big Bill was sort of a jerk. You could say he was an ass buddy.
3: <laughs> he had he two. He was a stoves. real ass buddy. <laughs> He had two speeds, and it was either knock your socks off fast or quick saying slow.
2: Smokey hated every interaction he had with Big Bill, so he did the reasonable thing. He replaced Bill with a tractor. You kicked me for the
3: last time, Bill. (laughs) I told you John Deere just opened up down the road. (laughs) You had to push it, didn't you, you big old
2: Budweiser horse? (laughs) But... Tractors were an expensive luxury, especially for a family as poor as the eunuchs. So, Smokey decided to build one instead. He bought a Dodge with a big engine and transmission for ten dollars and a Ford truck dually rear end for five dollars. With a hacksaw, chisel, and other hand powered tools, Henry Smokey eunuch took his first stab at inventing and fabrication at the age of 14. Turns out he was pretty good at it. His new tractor. With his new tractor, he could do the same amount of work in a day that would have taken over two weeks to do with Big Bill. Whoa. So they shot Big Bill and ate him for dinner. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) They didn't do that.
3: Uh, Just making sure you're paying attention there, listener. Now that he could finally make a profit with farming, Smokey decided to invest some of his money in an old Indian Bonneville cheap motorcycle, which he immediately crashed (laughs) while trying to show off to some girls. Mm -hmm. And as we'll see smokey eunuch like the girls mm-hmm. in the beginning of his junior year Smokey's father died from a heart attack smoky was forced to drop out of school take care of his family by taking his real first job at a ford dealership the dealership didn't pay enough so he also worked nights at hall's garage a small general repair shop
2: despite getting two jobs to make ends meet Smokey's mom uh she decided to take him to court wow what a over woman. a non-support uh uh, What's a
3: non-support claim?
2: I have no idea, but she claimed that he had failed to provide adequate financial support after his father had died. Keep in mind, he's like 16. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Smokey said, screw that. He packed the bag and his dog in an army motorcycle he won at a farm auction and then took off into the night. Uh, He (laughs) wanted to go to Hercules, Virginia, where they made dynamite. Did he want to make dynamite? I think so. (laughs)
3: Screw this, I'm going to go make sticks of TNT. You, Come on, (laughs) Bubba. (laughs) His little hiatus from life didn't last long, though, and he would soon wind up back in Pennsylvania. Mm. Every job he found, he got fired from, as he absolutely hated having a boss. One day, he saw a camel cigarette ad that had a famous motorcycle racer, Bob Holloway, on it. He decided... I'm going to be just like that dude and started trying his hand at motorcycle racing. He cleaned
2: up that busted Indian chief that he bought a few years ago and took it straight to the racetrack. Uh, Turns out he didn't do a very good job cleaning it up because it smoked like hell. And that is how he got the nickname Smokey, as he was the one racing the smoking Indian. In his first race, he crashed into another racer head-on. How does that even happen? I have no idea. You're going you're on
3: the wrong way. I know. This isn't Mario Kart.
2: <laughs> and he ended up in the hospital. Um, he didn't have health insurance, so he decided that he was going to quit smoking and stop racing and look at some new career paths because medical bills are expensive, which I found out after I crashed my BMX bike a few months ago and broke my collarbone. I still feel like an
3: idiot. I'm still paying that medical bill off. Smokey found himself working at a mill machining 90 millimeter anti-aircraft gun barrels. World War II had just begun and he wanted to participate in the war effort somehow. Though he did try to get out of the jobs as he didn't want to handle the responsibility of handling such an expensive asset, but then decided to make them out of spite as someone told him that the job would be way too much for him to handle. (laughs) I don't want to do it. Well, you probably can't do it. You say I can't do it, I'll do it. <laughs> he became one of the best 90 millimeter barrel machinists in the state simply due to his want to spite someone. Yeah, I kind of relate to that. Yeah. You know? it's like someone tells you you can't do something. I'm going to do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my my parents should have employed that back when I was a kid. Like, yeah, I bet you can't clean your room, Nolan. I've been like. Show you,
3: mom. Show you, mom. I am very susceptible to reverse (laughs) psychology. I have a weak mind.
2: (laughs) We'll get back to more past guests, but right now, a word from our sponsors
0: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today.
1: Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: America had just entered World War II, and factories all over were being purchased by the U.S. government and reappropriated towards the war effort. The factory that Smokey had worked in had just begun manufacturing auto gyros for the military, and uh, it's What is spart- an autogyro. So, it's like a, before the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, there were these aircraft that I will ramble about as I Google what these <laughs> things are. Auto gyro. Um. Okay, so there, it's like a helicopter, but it's got a propeller on the back, which pushes the craft forward. Mm. Um. So it's kind of... Uh,
3: oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. It's like a helicopter, but it has like an airplane tail. Yeah,
2: and gets pushed forward by a propeller. Yeah. So that was like kind of the thing before helicopters, before they figured out... That you need that. Those look dangerous. Yeah, that does not they don't look safe at all.
3: When I was a kid, I saw that movie Fly Away Home. Oh. Yeah. And, with the geese. Yeah. And I was, I don't know, young. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mom, I want to build an ultralight. And my mom was like, No, <laughs> you can't build an airplane. I was like, Yeah, I can. That girl in the movie did. Yeah, like God, you, don't, you don't need a pilot's license, Mom. I also remember like crying because my mom wouldn't get wouldn't get me a monkey. You cried because of that. Yeah, I was just like so mad. I was just like, why, like, why does she refuse to get me a monkey? (laughs) Would you get
2: a your child a monkey now?
3: No, (laughs) I probably won't even get my kid a dog. That's not true.
2: Uh, dogs are good. I wanted the only exotic pet I ever wanted was a chameleon. Mm. Um, but I guess those things are like really sensitive. Like you have to, you can't just have like a terrarium and just put them in there. Like they have to, like it has to be a certain humidity in the tank. No, and like. Really temperature controlled, mm-hmm. so I just said no. I might get a snake. <laughs> what kind of snake? Not a cobra.
3: Something cool though. A cobra would be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I want. I just want to get one that eats like mice. Mice. Yeah. Would you just let it like go around the no, house? No. I huh? put it like right, right when you walk in my front door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To the right. I would just put it. Okay. There. That'd be and, cool.
2: Like, light it really cool. I mean, your house is already kind of a terrarium anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like a people. human terrarium. Yeah.
3: So you'd walk in and immediately you'd know what I'm all about. This guy likes snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy. Okay, and his old lady's cool with it. <laughs> yeah.
2: that makes her cooler. That makes her cooler. Um, These guys are cool. I I love going to your house. It's very cool. Uh-huh.
3: Um, I'll invite you over more. Yeah, I'm sure Casey would love that. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I think she would. She would. Back to Smokey. All okay. right. So anyway, he was he was making these terrible, scary, dangerous, dangerous auto, helicopters, autogyros. um, and that sparked an uninspected interest in aviation. Turns out, boy wants to fly, yeah, it turns out I don't belong down here. I belong up there with them geese with them geese. <laughs> Smokey asked his boss for approval to enlist in the Air Force so that he could be a pilot. And surprisingly, his boss was like, "Yeah, dude. Sure." You have to ask your boss to be in the
2: military. That I don't get well, that. Well, he's part. already
3: working for the military.
2: That's uh, true. But like, if I wanted to join the military, I probably wouldn't ask you for. I mean, I would ask for advice. huh. But I wouldn't be like, "Hmm, I should ask James." I mean, I
3: think you'd be like, I don't know, maybe you looked up to this guy. I think like maybe you would ask me in a way that's like, "Hey, man, I think I'm joining the military." Yeah, and I'd be like. Okay. It would be a should I join the military question, Mm -hmm.
2: not a can I join the military?
3: And it doesn't sound like it's Smokey's personality to ask if he can do exactly.
2: So I I don't know. (laughs) Can (laughs) I have the time? Maybe he didn't understand. He's like,
3: hey man, can I have some time off? (laughs) 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 He's like, you know, I just want (laughs) to. Or maybe he's like asking not for permission, but if it was possible. Like he's like, hey, can I join the military (laughs) and become a pilot? Uh, I was like, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Smokey soon realized that there was one small problem with his plan. The dude didn't have a friggin' birth certificate because <laughs> he was backwoods. Yeah. But luckily, his boss had just the right connections to Ooh. get that patched up. Ooh. Wow. So, hey, man. Already cheating.
2: Yeah. Hey, I got a birth certificate, guy, if you need one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But back then, like it was like writing your name yeah. on a piece of toilet paper. I mean, that's
2: kind of what it is now still, right? Yeah. Like, it's, I was born. Yeah. Ah, checks out. <laughs> you're here, so yeah. yeah, you were born.
3: Smokey was sent to Philadelphia to meet with a Catholic priest. Within an hour, the priest had created an entirely new birth certificate for Smokey. His birthday went from sometime in May around 1923 to May 25th, 1923. And just like that, Smokey Eunuch was in.
2: But it wasn't that easy for Smokey to just get in. Uh, just before Christmas, Smokey had an accident at the shop. A tube he was welding had been filled with acetylene by a fellow welder while he was on lunch. Wait. <laughs> <Was> <laughs> sounds like trying a, to kill him? Sounds like a sick prank, dude. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for Smokey, his goggles were a little loose, and when that acetylene... um. Ignited, the explosion sent hot metal into his left eye, causing temporary blindness. Uh, And it turns out the Air Force doesn't have any use for a pilot who is blind in one
3: eye. Smoky was transferred to the radio division in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to be trained as a radio cadet. He learned how to type in Morse code at a whole 18 words per minute. Dang. A few months into his training, he requested a recheck on his vision. The doctors determined that his vision had been slowly returning in his left eye. It was now nearly 2020 again, but still not good enough to be a pilot. Even today, they won't let you fly if you can't perfectly see the color yellow, the hardest of all colors to see. Anything less perfect than that was unacceptable.
2: Yeah, so I actually, I looked into that and like, you know, you have your like your cones and rods in your eye. Uh, I
3: didn't know that. I'm not smart.
2: Oh, well, okay. In your eye, the receptors that allow you to see are called cones and rods and stuff. And if you can't, like a good indicator of vision is like being able to see colors correctly. Mm-hmm. So like instead of like going through a huge battery of tests to see if you're like, oh, if you have good vision, it's just like, hey, what what does this color look like to you? It's yellow. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. There you go. You're
3: passed. I'm going to go be a pilot. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesse and I were at the NASCAR. Pilots are the coolest person in the world. Uh, and Je- Jesse and I were at the NASCAR championship last year when Joey Logano won. And we were like right by the podium. And the F6, our F-18 pilots were standing mm-hmm. next to us that did the flyover before. Wow. And they had had a couple of brews after they had been flying. I don't want to get these just want to make that clear. Let's just take out. They had a couple of bruises, uh, and they were standing right next to me. And one looks over to the other, and Joey's like holding this trophy, and the pilot says the other one. And he goes, "He didn't fly an F eighteen today," <laughs> and the dude was like, "Yep, yep." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's
2: crazy." <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> even like even fighter pilots have to like jazz himself up yeah. a little bit. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny.
3: Yeah, but he was right. I mean, yeah. Joey Logano probably went two oh three.
2: Joey Logano can't fly shit. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> probably
3: he probably can't. He probably actually. does. He Most probably has a
2: plane. Drivers have like you know pilots license.
3: As the war raged on and U.S. planes were shot down, the Air Force suddenly became desperate for pilots. Coincidentally, Smokey suddenly became desperate to never work as a radio operator again. So, out of mutual desperation, the doctor allowed him to cheat a little to pass the exam and become a plane driver. <laughs> Days later, he was sent to Santa Ana, California for pre-flight school, then to Marfa, Texas for advanced flight training. There, he discovered that 95% of trainees were requested to be fighter pilots, so he got moved over to bombers. He quickly found that in Marfa, Texas in the 1940s, there was absolutely nothing to do except mess with the locals. I
2: think that's probably still true today. <laughs> yeah. Look no, we
3: have, a, we have fans in Marfa, Texas. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. Hmm. Is it lit?
2: I actually remember there's a freaking
3: Prada store. Hell yeah, there is. Marfa's lit. Marfa Rocks. Shout outs to Marfa Texas. Dang. <laughs> Are you looking at outlets?
2: I'm looking. I'm just. No, it's not an outlet. It's just like a Prada store. It looks like an art installation out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But like, I drove. Oh, through, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That remember thing. that? Mm hmm. Um, but I'm just looking at pictures of Marfa right now. I mean, it. I drove through Texas a few months ago, and there are some towns you just go through, and there's like, a, uh, not a Sonic, a Sonic, Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen, mm-hmm. I think. there's just a Dairy Queen, a, G- a Sunoco gas station, and like one general store, and that's like it, and you're like, what do people do out here? And that was Marfa, Texas.
3: They pray. Yeah. He quickly found that in Marfa, Texas in the 1940s, there was absolutely nothing to do except mess with the locals. One of his favorite pastimes was dropping Coke bottles from the <laughs> cockpit of his bomber near tractors and horses. The bottles would whistle as they fell and sounded exactly like bombs, which would scare the <laughs> hell out of people. Yeah, <laughs> after eighteen months of training in Marfa, Smokey was transferred to Roswell, New Mexico for B seventeen training. Then after to Dyson Dyersburg? Dyersburg, then after to Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is right outside of Memphis. Honestly, at this point, you all must get the picture by now. There was a lot of training involved in becoming a pilot. Fun fact, that is still true today, unsurprisingly. The total cost of training an F-22 pilot today is over $10.9 million per pilot. So even in World War II, it was in the government's best financial interest to ensure that their pilots had all the training they needed not to die, as losing even a single pilot was a major blow to the war effort.
2: Gyersburg was different than anywhere else Smokey had been. They did live fire training with all their pilots, having them practice with real ammunition to perfect their aim in combat. They also specifically trained on how to fly in bombing formations.
3: It's kind of like driving a race car at 200 miles per hour, except race cars are inches apart and weigh 1,500 to 3,500 pounds. But concentration is about the same.
2: During one formation training, Smokey's appendix burst at 28,000 feet. His co-pilot was too inexperienced and inept to land the plane himself.
3: God damn it, why (laughs) would you give me this, kindergartner?
2: (laughs) So Smokey was forced to land the plane himself while falling in and out of consciousness and only
3: using the foot pedals. That's insane. (coughs) This is all according to him. I believe it, though. That is true. I mean, there's a lot of... But, yeah, I don't know. I believe him. I believe it. Yeah. During one test flight, he flew over Daytona Beach, the site famous at the time for having set the world's land speed record. He thought it was so beautiful, and someday he planned to live there once the war was over. Turns out, Smokey would say this about a lot of places, primarily because of the women. Because like I said before, a Smokey, he liked the ladies.
2: Uh, throughout the the best damn garage in town book, Smokey shares a lot of information about his sex life, okay? And when I say a lot, I do mean a lot. Uh, There's a part in this book, James, where he explains how big his dog's Peter was Mm -hmm. and how, James, he could use it as a tool to arouse women. Cool. Cool guy, cool book. Uh, In the first 100 pages of this book, at least seventy of them detail <laughs> having sex with a different person in a different way. Keep in mind, viewers and listeners, his wife helped him write this book. Uh, <sighs>
3: after his flight over Daytona, it was decided that he oh, was, did I
2: say that was missionary? I'm sorry,
3: <laughs> baby. Wait, read that back. Read that back, baby. Uh, <laughs> he, you took her breast in your now. I took them in my mouth. <laughs> I definitely remember sucking on them. I was like a I was like a newborn baby meeting his mama for the first time. Oh <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Read it back. Use that wording exactly. <laughs> Check out how big our dog wiener is. After his uh. flight over Daytona, it was decided that Smokey would be fighting on the European front. And he was transferred to Marrakesh, Morocco, at some point in time.
2: Remember, there's no dates for this guy. Yeah.
3: You may have noticed that there are no dates in this episode, and that's because Smokey is really bad at remembering dates. Once he arrived <laughs> Except to Except Marra- for
2: all the times that he had ex- sex <laughs> different.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was about 4.30 p.m., September 26, 1949. About.
2: About.
3: <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Once he arrived in Marrakesh, some men from the local foreign legion taught him the virgin routine. Oh, love me tonight, lady. I never did it before, and tomorrow I may die.
2: Classic. Works every time. Works
3: every time. Like, so? (laughs) (laughs) A local bartender also taught him enough French for him to master saying, "voulu." oh, "voulu vous coucher." Which means, will you sleep with me tonight? According to Smokey, this approach is not bulletproof, believe it or not. You either get a wee or you get a snap in your snoot. If you got a slap in the snoot, he would respond with a, in that case, I guess just a blowjob is out of the question in French. As he puts it, I did not master this routine. This guy... I don't know. Is this too much? <laughs> I don't know, man. That, this is uh not safe for this is w- an children. explicit episode. Donut after dark. Ooh. Donut after dark. Put the kids to bed. Grab the wife and a bowl of ice cream, cause it's time for Donut After Dark. Donut Diaries. <laughs> Smokey's Diaries.
2: I God, I do not want like a softcore Cinemax adaptation of
3: Smokey's <laughs> Unix
2: <Eunuch's> book. <laughs>
3: We'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors.
4: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start.
3: Smokey also learned to quote With your clothes on And a 45 in one hand When in unfamiliar territory All of his life Smokey had been Extremely sexual His first experience was when he was 12 With his friend's mom As the friend was standing there And many more like it All the way through his early teens Smokey He got raped Yeah, Both those kids got raped by that lady That's No bueno. Yeah, that's not cool. Isn't
2: that, like, there was, I mean, this is a bit off the beaten path for our show, but, like, there was, I think, a a news article last week where some teacher got, some woman teacher got Mm -hmm. caught for, like, having sex with a student. and and, Everyone's like, nice. Yeah, like, oh, man, I wish that was Mike. Yeah, I wish I was in school for that. There's a whole, yeah. What? There's an
3: episode of South Park all about it.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Check it out, dude. Yeah.
3: Smokey would talk about that experience as if it were something to be admired, but That's pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. Very bad. Uh, but Smokey was known for sleeping with about anyone, anywhere, anytime. And we will learn his activity in the war enabled him to go even further with his desires. And he was certainly not the only one. Smokey went so far as to claim that his experiences in so many different oh countries during the war helped cure any. Bits of racism he may have had. At this time, he decided to get bolder with his appearance. He had grown a beard and mustache to get what was known as the Jesus look. Uh, And decided to shave off (laughs) his endearingly titled womb broom (laughs) and beard for the ladies. He called his beard his womb broom.
2: I don't think it was his beard.
3: His mustache? Nope. His pubes? Oh, he decided to shave off his pubes. <laughs> this is during World War II. Yeah. Wait. So he had he had the Jesus look on a big long beard. <laughs> yeah. and no pubes <laughs> in like the forties. This dude just like around Europe, being like, "Hey, I'll fuck you in French." <laughs> hey, my damn. This guy. guy's insane. He's insane. Oh, God. In Marrakesh, our boy Smokey was given his own B-17 <laughs> good, and crew to join him. He named his plane and his crew Smokey and his firemen. In the beginning, those firemen weren't very useful. Many air crewmen would blatantly refuse to pull the trigger. Even the most intimidating gunners would be scared shitless of killing someone, even if they were being shot at themselves. Bomber Command aircrews suffered one of the highest casualty rates in the war. Out of a total of 125,000 aircrew, 57,205 were killed, oh. giving the job a 46% death rate. Wow. Bombers could be facing over 9,800 rounds of flak per minute on a mission. So being fatally shot was almost a literal coin toss. That's insane.
2: I mean, yeah, because like I think that's why... We mentioned earlier that so many people signed up to be fighter pilots because, like, mm. if you're a
3: bomber... You're big and you're slow. Yeah, you're, you're big, big and slow. You're going
2: target. into the kill zone. Like, that's that takes balls to do
3: that, man. Yeah. Like his fellow pilot, Smokey was no stranger to being shot at. During one run, a flak shell exploded near his plane, blowing out the window at 28,000 feet. At that height, the air is roughly negative 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So the entire... Oh. Co- So the entire cockpit immediately iced over. Shrapnel from the shell flew everywhere, even striking his helmet. Suddenly, he felt an intense pain in his lower back. He thought that a hole had been sliced in his jacket from the shrapnel pieces, exposing it to the cold. But it turned out that multiple pieces of burning shrapnel had fallen down the back of his jacket and were burning his skin. But it was too cold for him to discern a difference between temperatures. Crazy, man. So, like the badass that he is, Smokey kept those shrapnel pieces and actually turned them into cufflinks. And he would wear them for the rest of his life each time he had to be put in a penguin suit.
2: <laughs> if, you ever, if you have ever read Catch-22, you know all about the dangers of being on a bomber crew. A friend of Smokey was hit from flack from below. It came through the guy's seat and blew his testicles into such terrible shape oh. they had to be removed. That, really bad. To put it lightly, uh, from that day on, Smokey had a 50 pound plate of steel armor under his seat on every mission because he thought the possibility of
3: life without sex was a fate far more horrible than death. I'm not going to let them Nazis blow off my jingle berries. <laughs> At one point in the war, he was
2: deployed to Foggia, Italy, about a six hour drive away from Modena, the birth of ferrari if you haven't listened to those episodes yet check them out they're fun uh if there was one thing he hated on base it was the housing situation he hated sleeping in tents on the ground so he went to a local quarry bought some limestone blocks and built a five foot tall house with a tent on the top to act as the roof he built a space heater out of a 50 gallon drum that used aviation fuel for gas and even had a 30 gallon water heater and electricity
3: in a hut that he built. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, sick. Smokey, what are you up to? Don't worry about it, ass. <laughs> Give and me a hit. Can I? Can I come in? No, no, you get over oh, here. Yeah. it's cold. It's called homesteading. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this for my children.
2: Uh, he only stayed in his little custom paradise for a few months. Uh, as a miscommunication during one flight resulted to him in accidentally bombing. Our allies, the Russians.
3: Oh, sounds like today. Oof.
2: Topical. After that mistake, he was reassigned to the first emergency rescue
3: unit in Naples. That was probably one of the best things that ever happened to Smokey Unit. Along with rescue, he decided to start pursuing other avenues of income, including becoming an educated poker player and a freelance military photographer. His work as a photographer actually allowed him to meet Mussolini once. Wow! Unfortunately for Benito, that meeting was right after he had been hung in town square. <laughs> I didn't say I got to know him well, but I can tell you that his pecker was not too big. <laughs> what, dude?
2: Yep, yeah, that's what he asked us. Like meeting. I don't know, one of the more influential people in
3: World dead, War II history. His dead, like he came across Mussolini's dead body. Yeah, and all he had to say was that his dick wasn't big. Because he thinks that's the biggest burn. That's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, he's got a little pecker. <laughs> <He's> dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the 10 pictures uh, that he took of Mussolini became his best-selling pictures of all time.
2: After Mussolini was killed, uh, Smokey was transferred yet again, this time to Dum Dum Airfield in Calcutta, India. Dum-dum. Dum dum, give me gum gum. This time to Dum Dum Airfield in Calcutta, India. Majority of his work involved um, dropping Higgins boats into the ocean from his B seventeen. Unfortunately, Calcutta isn't really filled with oceans, so he had a lot of free time, which is great for a enterprising freelancer such as Smoky Eunuch. As it turns out, the CNAC or Chinese National Air Carriers in Calcutta, uh, they needed more cargo space. Uh, to fly stuff from Dum Dum to Liludang, China, and flying a route known as the Hump. It was an extraordinarily famous and very dangerous route that went over the eastern Himalayan mountains. And to Smokey's benefit, he happened to have one of the only B-17s in India at the time. So, naturally, he started a freight service. This wasn't his B-17. No,
3: it's the military. <laughs> it's the military. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to use this old bird, start a freight company.
2: Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, at that time, being deployed in India, like, I'm sure that they didn't have a lot of, com- like, communications with command. Right. Like, they are kind of pretty much free to do... I mean, they were free to do whatever they want, as we'll see right now. Yeah. The-, the CNAC would burn the contents of mail bags going into China and then refill the bags with the cargo. <laughs> so he would, fly- he would transport the bags filled with snakes and animal skins, carved I- ivory objects... Jade, precious gems, money, gold, and silver. So, just to reiterate, the the, the mail going into China, they would burn that, yeah, and then yeah. bring cool shit. Did you back. get my letters? No, but I got this dope <laughs> jade tiger. Uh, um, <laughs> did it bother him that uh, he was? <laughs> Did it bother him regarding the obvious fact that what he was doing was Hell illegal?
3: Hell no. I figured I was doing this on my own time and our government knew about it. The government would
2: approve the transport missions, and they didn't really care what was in it. The smuggled cargo would net Smokey a couple grand per run. How do they approve this? Yeah. It's like, I don't
3: I don't know, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
2: hey man, can I go <laughs> fly to China? <laughs>
3: I want to practice. I guess. I want to practice. Okay. I want to stay on my toes, you know. Yeah. All right. Just get out of my office. At this point, he figured out another way to make money. His policy was to take it a day at a time, keep alive and comfortable, figure out ways to make a buck and try and do the above the easiest way possible. (laughs) That's pretty sweet. It's like pretty cool. He would buy Japanese and American war memorabilia and sell them to tourists (laughs) and visiting politicians. When it came to bomber jackets, I could buy 100 of them for 10 bucks a piece. And in the right place, 100 to 200 each was like falling off a log. He did this for a little while until he was once again transferred to Okinawa.
2: Almost as soon as he stepped foot into Okinawa, the war ended. And he had served enough uh, missions to be eligible for discharge. But at this point, he planned to stay for his full 20-year service. That was until he found out what his next assignment would be. He was going to be sent to fly coal inside uh, war-torn Germany. And uh, he didn't like that idea. It's just very inefficient to fly coal Mm. around. He was not nice about this idea in his book, so he decided to
3: pull the biggest mistake of my life, and I resigned. In 1948, Smokey packed
2: his things and left the Air Force, heading for Daytona Beach. He left with $135,000 in a can. What? Yep.
3: A wristwatch. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's crazy, right?
3: I'm going to Daytona Beach.
2: <laughs> I got the can of money. A wristwatch with a band made of the stainless steel from a crashed Japanese Zero fighter and his leather bomber jacket. The jacket and watch he left in a gas station a year later after a race was over.
3: Take my word for this. I truly hated the radicals who plunged us into the misery, terror, Pain, death, destruction, and starvation worldwide. Whoever got my watch and jacket, you stole my only last possessions that I thought I needed. They were my secret badge of manhood. But on the other hand, maybe you did me a favor. I needed to get rid of all yesterdays and try to look at life a lot longer than a day at a time. Sure enough, I didn't really need him.
2: A very, like, external view of his life right. for a guy like him, it's know? very well put, too. Very, like, this guy's a scoundrel, yeah. but also like a monk. It's yeah, crazy. he's like a poet. So cool. After a failed career at a Ford dealership and as a night pilot with Eastern Airlines, he
3: discovered that he couldn't work for anybody and would start a business, so I started doing the only thing I knew how to, fixing cars and trucks and trailer parks and gas stations. <laughs> His newly married wife, uh had forbidden
2: him from driving, so he decided to take the easy way and build race cars for others. He had buried his money, literally, so he, he was starting off in relative
3: poverty. While well, working on race car, he buried his money? I guess so. And, like, lost it? I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a nut. I know it's around here somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, Smokey. Why didn't you use a damn bank? <laughs> know some other dude. Finds $143,000. and
2: You know how often I like fantasize about finding just a big, not even like a big bag of money.
3: I like, would not keep it. No? Haven't you ever seen a
2: movie? Yeah, I saw if, millions.
3: Yeah, if you find money, don't keep it. Just leave it where it is. Mm, what about like a hundred bucks? Like, have you seen No Country for Old Men? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: okay, that's a good one.
3: Do that's... not take the money. Gosh, leave the money, man. <clears throat> While
2: working on race cars in Daytona, he met Bill France, the founder of NASCAR. Uh, through Bill France, Smokey met one Harry Neal, a man who allowed Smokey to rent out half of Neal's blacksmith shop to use as a garage in exchange for some occasional labor. After working in Neal's shop for about six months, he had saved up about 400 bucks and was ready to find a place of his own. Dang. I wish we could find a place of our own for 400 bucks here in L.A. <laughs> Um, a shop that would be known as Smokey's. Soon enough, after some smooth negotiation, he had a small tin garage on a riverfront lot that Smokey could car all his own.
3: That's nice. On a ro- riverfront lot, just tinkering. That's sweet. Yeah. That's the dream, That's man. A good life. Just like right in front of the water, building race cars.
2: And that is where we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so next week we're going to talk about...
3: we. This guy has a really interesting early life for sure, uh, but... Remember. The reason we're covering him on this automotive podcast is because he is one of the most successful and notorious and creative and deceiving and conniving... Cheaters mm-hmm. in all of automotive history. The mm-hmm. things that this dude has done are flabbergasting. Yeah. There's a story with a seven eighths scale race car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's amazing. You guys gotta turn in tune in for next week's episode. It's gonna get even more bonkers.
2: Yeah. Uh and before we go, I just wanna read one review today. Oh, cool. This is uh from CH chboli on itunes chboli. it's a five-star review oh the headline is i didn't quit my job and the review says i almost quit my job today i listened to this then i didn't five stars <laughs>
3: excellent <laughs> wow well chiboli uh we're glad that yeah. we could do that for you unless your job is like something messed up yeah like ice agent yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: bye <laughs>
0: Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Uh, that sounds like a really nice tranquil situation. Just like I've made it. I'm on a waterfront property in a garage. <laughs> this is my dream. Time to do everything by the book, right? Right. And that's what we'll pick up next week on Pass Gas. Now I'm just going to do everything by the book. I'm not going to cheat anymore. I'm not going to change anything up anymore. Not. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm Smokey Eunuch. And that's what we're going to talk about on next week's episode, part two of Smokey Eunuch. Yeah, we're going to get into all the cheating, all the... The cleverness, this, this the guy. Seat. It's if you thought this episode was kind of crazy and his early life was kind of crazy, wait, we, we haven't even gotten started yet. yet. This is the prequel. This is the yeah. this is, clo- uh, this is the Phantom Menace. We're about to get into New Hope. Oh.
2: Follow James on Twitter and Instagram at James Pumphrey. Follow me at Nolan J Sykes. Follow Donut at Donut Media. Yeah, we make videos too.
3: Yeah, and check us out on YouTube. Uh, We have a bunch of videos coming out almost every day. If you like cars, (laughs) come be cars with us. All right. I love you. (laughs) Bye.